Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow American Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for November the 10th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. The checks and balances incredibly put in place by the founding fathers one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips and as you know we reject revolution unless it's a peaceful revolution like a jesus revolution otherwise it's restoration that we stand for ladies and gentlemen restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth it is a freedom loving fantastic we're taking america back one heart one mind one issue at a time faith-filled friday so be ready for that as well. A quick recap of yesterday's show before we get started on today's, um, you know, importance, if you will. We had on Peter Scoop Stanton with us, and we talked about he's the host of 75 Radio. Uh, 75radio.org to learn more about his show, along with Walter, um, your cue. Uh, and they add a model to their show. Uh, uh, Daniela Rodriguez is her name. Uh, they call her a spokesmodel. Talkers Magazine covered the event. Uh, and it's quite interesting because you think, well, what do you mean we've got a, you know, a spokesman like that? In the old days of radio, it wasn't necessary because nobody was visual. It was just radio, right? But now it turns out that, you know what, with radio and sound bites and TikTok and uh, you know, a lot of people doing uh, radio shows that have video components to them and all kind of, you know, radio long-form talk with short-form sound bites and video clips that feed to the, I mean, it's a different world, right? And so he's saying, hey, we need a spokesman. And it got announced in Talkers, pretty innovative. And the good news is Liberty News Radio uh, and Scoop Stanton and Radio 75, and everybody got a bunch of coverage out of it. It was actually uh, quite a savvy move, to say the least. Anyway, we talked about that with Scoop. Thank him for updating us on all that. We also had on Russ, Brian Rust and Kelly Finnegan, RustCodingGift.com. You've got a friend in the Honest Money business. And we talked about the Honest Money Report and where gold and silver are sitting, not changing much. As they continue to manipulate it on paper, Kelly highlighted the reality that it's interesting. Gold went down over the last week when it comes to the United States dollar, but it's up according to every other currency on the globe. Interesting indeed how that game is played. On paper, huh? Take delivery of your medals is the recommendation from com. your honest money partner. We talked about Beyond Meat, the company that makes this Beyond Meat product. I guess they're melting down. They're decreasing in revenue, and it's not going too well. People thought it was pretty cool at the start, but, man, it ain't very good. People don't like it. It, along with all the other environmental issues, are melting down. We talked about uh, electronic vehicle makers turn to discounts to combat waning demand that's wall street journal we talked about uh, electronic vehicles don't have a demand problem they have an affordability problem 
that's business insider. But you know what? To me, an affordability problem and a lack of demand, it's all the same thing. What do you mean they don't have a lack of demand, they have an affordability? Well, if they're too expensive and I don't want one or I can't afford one, there isn't any demand if I choose not to get one, right? So they're playing games with words in an effort to jumpstart the failing electronic vehicle market, okay? Or electric vehicle market, whatever you want to call it. EVs is a weird term anyway. An electric vehicle, you know, anyway, strange stuff being forced by law, by edict, by mandate, by subsidy of your government, but nobody wants it. And even the dealers, even the manufacturers getting cold feet because it ain't going so well. More Americans, more and more Americans don't even want to buy electric cars, writes Business Insider. I wonder why. They're too expensive, but they don't work. Who would want one of those? Credit card delinquencies are on the rise. We talked about that in detail as well. What happens when Americans are tapped out of cash and their credit cards are tapped out? What's next? Uh, as they continue to threaten to raise interest rates. Anyway, uh, we then talked second hour in detail uh, about the debate that took place. We'll get to that later. For now, though, Dr. Scott Bradley is with me. Welcome to the show, sir. Well, howdy, howdy, howdy. You guys all okay today? I mean, it's a frosty morning in my neck of the woods. How about you? It's freezing surprisingly cold, isn't it? Well, it is. Uh, we've been down uh, low 20s even. So uh, I'm I'm just wondering what this, you know, uh, is foretelling us for the winter. So we'll just have to hang on and see. Amen. All right, we got a quick interview with a guy by the name of John Stubbins. He's with us now. He's the host of a radio uh, TV show called Indivisible with John Stubbins, johnstubbins.com, S-T-U-B-B-I-N-S, johnstubbins.com. He's doing a bunch of things in addition to uh, his broadcasting efforts. John, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Welcome. How you guys doing? Absolutely fantastic, my friend. Tell us a little bit about you and about your show real quick, will you? Well, uh, let's see here. Where do you want me to start? <laughs> that covers a lot of ground, brother. Um, uh, well, I'm a military veteran, first of all. Uh, so, And it is Veterans Day, by the way, so we thank you for your service, sir. Well, my my pleasure, my pleasure. And the way things are going, who knows? I may have to serve again. Um, it's kind of a crazy place out here. So, uh, so yeah, I'm a military veteran, and um, I'm a proud father, and uh, you know, that's kind of, you know, I guess my, my past, uh, yeah. How'd you get I into have, broadcasting? Well, that's a whole other story, but I, the first part of my life, uh, you know, I guess from childhood through, uh, you know, my teens and then into the air force, I, I was an athlete. I played quarterback in football. I, uh, played center field and left field in baseball and, uh, even played basketball competitively in high school. So I, Played sports year round, and then after high school, went into the military during the uh, the first Gulf War. Um, uh, after I got out of the military, I went into the business world, went into sales for a while, and found out that I didn't really want to do that for another thirty years or so. And did some soul searching. Uh, I ended up having an opportunity, kind of of a lifetime, to audition at the Actors Institute in New York City back in the mid nineties, late to late nineties. And, uh, anyway, I went and auditioned and I got a full scholarship to attend the school and basically changed my whole life from there. I went to a whole nother mode and started learning the mastery of acting and the actor's craft and 
studied that uh, professionally for almost four years there. Uh, so I picked up, moved from Ohio and, and moved to New York City, which was quite a culture shock. However, uh, at the time, you know, we, you know, we, the, the city was much nicer than it is now. And uh, coming off of, of Giuliani's rule there, uh, he really cleaned that city up. So fast forward a little bit, uh, um, I'd say probably 2006. Uh, I actually got a, this will interest you. I got a uh, I got a DVD in the mail uh, that I didn't even ask for. It just came to me, um, and it was sent by the Clarion Project. Um, and it was an interesting DVD. Like I said, I didn't ask for it. it I, I don't even know how I got it, but somehow they sent it to me. And the whole DVD was about Islamic Jihad, and uh, I watched that thing probably twenty times and. This is two years before Barack Obama had ran uh, for president the first time. And uh, once I started getting involved and in, in understanding about Islamic Jihad, the more that I learned, the more that I knew that I needed to be involved to stop it. So that really kind of launched me in, to get involved in politics, I guess. Um, and then fast forward from there to 2020, um, I was actually at CPAC uh, at National Harbor there uh, up in D.C. Uh, my attorney was with me and uh, spent the week there. I ended up meeting with David Padrush, uh, who was Mark Levin's executive producer. Him and I were looking at a couple projects together, and I had the option on uh, both of Sidney Powell's books, uh, License to Lie and Conviction Machine, and uh, she wanted to see about turning those into a TV series or documentary. And so I went over to talk to David about those two books. And he talked to me about a couple of his projects uh, that he was doing outside of Fox and Blaze. And so uh, <laughs> we had this good hour meeting about those projects. And then he's like, can you stick around for a little bit? I want to talk to you about something uh, aside from these projects and I said sure so we got another cup of coffee it was in the middle of winter you know pretty much uh, you know late February and uh, so he looks at me and says John we need you to start your own show uh, and, and we're gonna need you in this battle and we, he spent the next probably 45 minutes or so convincing me on why I should do it and why it's important and why I would be good at it I never considered hosting a show and so that's kind of how this started, and uh, and then like two days later, CPAC ended, and on that last day of CPAC, I'll never forget it. That is when the pandemic began. Uh, somebody and at it's CPAC all been and- downhill or uphill from there. It depends <laughs> on your perspective. But John Stubbins with me, ladies and gentlemen. His show is called Indivisible with John Stubbins. JohnStubbins.com. It's also on. Believe it or not. HuntChannel.tv. Now, Hunt Channel is where Ted Nugent, our dear friend, is. If you could skip the break, Jay, that would be great. Uh, so, HuntChannel.tv, where Ted Nugent is. John's show is there as well. It's every Tuesday evening, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. But I, I want to talk about other things besides the show. I just wanted to give a good promo, get you guys introduced to John, etc. I really want to talk about two main things right now. Number one, your event coming up in a couple of days. And two... The whole fundraising purpose for the movie that you're about to roll out. John? 
Yeah, I, I'd love to talk about that. But real quick, let me throw this out there because this is brand new. Last week, uh, Rocco, uh, he, he's partners with Donald Trump Jr. and part of our HunterNation.org uh, uh, work. So I work with Ted Nugent, Keith Mark, and Donald Trump Jr. and Rocco are all part of HunterNation.org. Uh, and we and Rocco just bought the Pursuit and Pursuit Up Networks. Uh, he literally signed a deal last week on this. And so we're going to be going to those networks as well. So we will still be on HuntChannel.tv, but we are adding Pursuit and Pursuit Up, which will put us in about 150 million more homes. So I, I wanted to get it. that. I wanted we'll to get that out that there. Ball and we'll have you back as that progresses, John, as well. Thank you. Thank you. And it's been going well. We're averaging well over a million viewers a month since January when we launched on HuntChannel.tv. So let me get to uh, the event. Uh, we have an event next Friday, November 17th, at Trump National Golf Club in Sterling, Virginia. Uh, it's just north of Leesburg, Virginia, probably about 30 minutes north of Dallas Airport. Um, and uh, we've got an amazing event. I've got General Flynn coming in. I've got uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton from Texas. I've got Tom Homan, President Trump's ICE Director. John Solomon, uh, amazing uh, friend and journalist, who, uh, if anybody is paying attention out there, uh, he broke the uh, uh, not only the Russia hoax story with Sarah Carter, uh, but he also broke the uh, the Hunter uh, Biden laptop story, uh, along with the Biden crime family, uh, uh, you know, ep- epilogue and, and you know where we are now. He broke all of that as well. So. Uh, so we've got those four gentlemen coming, good friends that are going to be coming to speak. And then I've got all of our partners are coming, uh, including Keith Mark from HunterNation.org. Uh, and, and we're going to be talking about what our partners do, how they fit into my show, and what we're doing together to help save this country. Uh, and, and the whole idea behind this event, and by the way, I've got three amazing musicians coming. So a big part of this night, next Friday night, the 17th, is going to be music as well. And I've got Dave Bray USA. I've got Jay Edwards. I've got Mark McKay, who's been touring with Night Ranger. And uh, his, his lead guitarist, by the way, uh, is, the, is the lead guitarist for the Alan Parsons Project. He's amazing, uh, Jeffrey. And, and so it's, it's a night of music. Yes, we have speakers. They're going to be talking about important things that matter and how we can actually get things done, not just talk, but actually action. So uh, we are going to have a silent auction. Uh, the uh, We've got some cool stuff, too. We've got uh, Hank Aaron signed baseball. We've got two military-grade drones, including a plane, uh, which is going to start at bidding at 150000 uh, and then a smaller one at 40000 We also have <laughs> Ted set up a brand-new flag-draped guitar that he signed. We're going to be auctioning that off. We've got jewelry. We've got handbags for the ladies from Mar-a-Lago that are being sent up. We've got felt cowboy hats, uh, gift certificates for those. Uh, and then we've got also uh, Andre Soriano, uh, he created the Trump dress, which 
became famous and went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And anyway, uh, Andre got the dress back from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last week, and he's putting it up for auction at my event. So for all the ladies out there, they're going to want to see this. This dress is amazing. Uh, so we've got the silent auction. We've got these amazing speakers. All of it's relevant in our game plan on what we're going to do to take action. And, you know, through my show, I've got eight different investigations that are open right now, including the Russia hoax and the border and uh, the big tech lawsuits. And, all right. You know, all I, I want to focus on this event coming up. It's on the 17th. It's in Virginia, right? Sterling, Virginia. Sterling, Virginia. Yeah. It's coming up in a couple of days. And the way you get tickets is to go where? johnstubbins.com and you click on events and if you, once you get to the events page you just scroll down and buy your tickets there's uh, six different packages you can buy all right and this is a special fundraiser the whole purpose of this event you're going to rub shoulders with some incredible people that's for sure but it's a fundraiser for the new documentary film they're working on called American, American Anarchy. Anarchy, and it's going to be released yes. uh, to everyone. Is the, is the film going to cost money, or is the film free once it's released? Uh, no, no, no. I mean, we're, we're, unfortunately, we're going to have to charge because we are we have to raise funds for this, and we have to distribute the film. Uh, but it's going to be very reasonable, and uh, we want to get it into the hands of the American people by next summer so that they can see this film before the fall election next year. This is a needle mover because – we're going to expose a lot of the lies that America has been told over the last, I don't know, at least eight years uh, since 2015 started with the FISA warrants. Uh, if everybody has been following that story, you know what they did to my friend Carter Page. They used these fake FISA warrants, which are illegal, by the way, and they've been deemed illegal uh, even by the FISA judge and FISA court. Uh, basically, you know, the FBI and James Comey and his band of, of criminals decided to come after, and in the DNC, this is Hillary Clinton, Obama, and, and Biden. They decided and that to was all the, really the beginning when we saw the change of the affairs of the nation where they're literally turning the government as a weaponized apparatus against virtually all of us. It started with Carter and other people, but it's really now trickling down to guys like me, and eventually it will be you, my fellow Americans. This is what they're doing, right, John? Yeah, it's a two-tier justice system, folks. And uh, look, we've got to stop it. And uh, one of the ways to stop it is to expose it and then to prosecute. And uh, and look, they destroyed Carter's life. And Carter's a very good friend of mine. And, you know, they, they used him to spy on the Trump campaign. And then once Trump won the election, then they brought the spying into the White House. Then they came after Flynn. Then they went after Roger Stone and so on and so forth. And you saw what happened on January 6th. A lot of those people are still, still being held without uh, any bond or any kind of legal representation Understand. Uh, at all. Let, let me ask you this: um, So the film's thrust is going to uh, kind of start with this kind of stuff. In the end of the day, though, uh, what happens with uh, uh, American anarchy? Because are, are we just going to turn this country into a, a free for all, survival of the fittest? What's the end game for them, and what can we do to make sure that it doesn't happen that way? Yeah, well, we've got law and order has to be the rule of the day, 
right? Uh, if we don't have law and order in this country and, and there are no consequences for people's behavior, then guess what? It's going to be the Wild West. And, and, and look, if you're paying attention to the border and what's happening at that southern border and you're paying attention to what's happening over in the Middle East, you should be able to deduce, to deduce very easily what's coming our way. Because, <clears throat> look, uh, I work on the border daily, okay? And I, I work with Tom Holman. I work with Jason Jones at Border 911. And besides the people that are processed at our border, there are a lot of people that are not processed. We call them gotaways, okay? Those gotaways are coming from the Middle East, okay? And they're coming in and slipping into our country to do us harm, Think about a EMP attack or a dirty bomb. Okay, I mean, I mean, you know that they're able to slip drugs through the border. Why not a bomb? Why not an EMP device? Okay, look, people, you better wake up because it's coming to your front door. These these illegal immigrants are being distributed all over the country in your yes, town and in the my, goal in is my to create aren't the goal is to create anarchy for sure uh, dr scott bradley's with me do you want to t- chime in on this doctor i think they're letting the border leak like a sieve they're trying to literally let them in- infiltrate america with people who have uh, either hatred towards america and or no understanding of our principles and our values and our laws and our way of life etc and they're literally trying to destroy the nation uh, via this method to create anarchy dr bradley Well, one of the greatest truisms in all mortality is that a nation that cannot or will not uh, maintain its borders cannot and will not maintain its uh, national existence. And, I mean, you can prove this down through history. Uh, I mean, if you go back to the Emperor Valens, back with the uh, influx of the Vandals coming across the river from the north into Rome, and so America really is, uh, we've got to learn the lessons of the past. We definitely have... Uh, a complete it's a it's a pretty complete plan it's well thought out being well executed by those that do not love this nation and um, we're we're way down the path we have a d-day invasion every few days really literally in this nation and uh, these people are not going home and and as pointed out uh, john mentions that uh, these a lot of these otms other than mexicans that are coming in absolutely have uh, uh, the potential of being uh, sleeper cells, if you will, whether they're from Asia, China, or whether they're from the Middle East. And I think that both of them are probably heavily influxing the United States right now. And we just, we don't write them a ticket and send them anywhere they want to go. They come here and they've got a plan and they're going where they're going. And so America's uh, in some pretty deep doo-doo. And our president has been complicit. The administration has been unwilling to enforce the laws that have been constitutionally passed through the through the Congress and the yeah, president. Let's be clear, even the Republican no. Party, to a great degree, the majority of the mainstream or the old guard or whatever term you want to use for the deep state Republican uh, apparatus, they're just as in bed with it and just as on board with this psychotic agenda that will eventually create anarchy in America if we don't stand up and stop it as anyone else. So let's not think this is partisan. Let's not play games and think that, you know, um, hey, this is, uh, you know, left-right kind of stuff. It's we the people uh, against the deep state. And yes, there are a few people uh, representing us that truly understand. But for the most part, it is a serious problem. John is with us. He's saying, join us at my Patriot event. 
at the Trump National Golf Course in Sterling, Virginia. It's on November 17th, so it's coming up like real quick, folks. Today is the 10th, Veterans Day. It's on the 17th, so a week from today, I guess it's, let's see, it's, yeah, a week from today, right? Yeah, week from today, November 17th. Uh, All right, stay there, John. I got a break. Stay there. Uh, a week from today, it's a special fundraiser for the documentary film they're putting together called American Anarchy coming out before the elections that will knock your socks off. Hang tight. John Stubbins with us. Dr. Scott Bradley and yours truly continue in seconds on your radio. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. Alleged corruption by President Biden continues to be investigated by the House Oversight Committee. Chair James Comer issued four subpoenas and four interview requests yesterday. The move comes one day after the House Oversight Committee subpoenaed Hunter Biden, the president's brother James Biden, and several Biden family members. Comer on Fox News last night says bank records show roughly $30 million from foreign nationals went to the Biden's offshore accounts without any form of earning the money. Not a thing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, we, all we know is that the Bidens received millions of millions of dollars from foreign nationals and from oligarchs. We know uh, a lot about why he got $3.5 million from Russia. We haven't talked about that yet. And we're learning every day more about the millions of dollars they, they took in from China. The Internal Revenue Service has revealed new income tax brackets for 2024. Income thresholds have been elevated to each bracket applying to tax year 2024, so not this year. The top rate of 37% will apply to taxable income, just over $609,000, and married couples filing jointly, over $731,000. Standard deductions will also rise in 2024, up to $2,000 for married couples who file jointly, and about $800 for single folks doing their taxes next year. Robert De Niro's production company has been found liable for gender discrimination. A jury yesterday ordered De Niro's Canal Productions to pay $1.3 million to Graham Chase Robinson, his former assistant. She also accused him of unwanted physical contact and of retaliating by not paying her severance. The New York jury found De Niro was not personally liable for the abuse. USA News. I've got a unique vacation idea for you that's right here in the United States. If you're ready for a vacation that's fun and downright affordable, listen up. It's driving distance for many of you, so no planes, no airline delays, no hassles. It's Branson, Missouri, the entertainment capital of the Midwest. Live music for everyone. Branson has three beautiful, enormous lakes, water attractions, live shows, great food, and tons of entertainment. It's a perfect vacation for you and your family, or if you're retired and you want to have a great time. And you can stay in Branson for as low as $99 a night. Please understand, this is not a timeshare offer. It's a real vacation for as little as $99 a night. We've got a free vacation guide we want to send you right now. All you have to do is call for complete details. Get your free Branson, Missouri guide right now by calling this number. 800-399-4215. 800-399-4215. That's 800-399-4215. 
right, ladies and gentlemen, johnstubbins.com for you to get your tickets. It will be on the 17th of November. It will be in Virginia. We're talking about the National Golf Course for Donald Trump in Sterling, Virginia. An incredible fundraising event to raise money for this movie called American Anarchy. Really documenting that America is turning into an anarchy because of illegal immigration primarily, uh, along with many other things. Uh, John, give us the final kind of uh, purpose for this. If people can go, great. They should. If they can't, they can still donate and help uh, the film grow. Give us kind of a 30-second wrap-up on it, will you? When will a trailer be out? Yeah, uh, well, there's already a trailer up. Uh, the trailer is up on the website, uh, same place you buy your tickets, johnstubbins.com. And uh, like, like I was saying right before the break, uh, VIPs will show up at about 5 p.m., sharp uh, on the 17th and the show will start at 6 p.m. and go to at least 10 maybe later than 10 uh but we, like i said we've got three amazing bands playing uh we've got amazing speakers with plans of action for the people so that we can get to work and stop this nonsense once and for all again go to johnstubbins.com and get your tickets now they're going to be gone soon Thanks, John. Have a good one, sir. Talk to you soon. God bless you. All right, Dr. Bradley, what do you think? I mean, it's a valid point that if we're not careful, they're going to let illegal immigration destroy this country. Well, I, I think that it should be readily apparent to everybody that uh, that's, you know, the, the plan. It's not even plan B. It's the A++++ plan. And, uh, of course, they've got uh, all sorts of other fragmenting technology and processes in the in place so that they can you know at every possible turn it's a it's a fragmenting thing marxism does that all the time it's a contention it's a conflict and uh, so they divide and conquer and i think it's absolutely underway and and i if, if i'm really frustrated and we can maybe talk about this if you want later on but i think the republicans are dragging their feet on this impeachment thing that should be well underway right now. We took a three-week break because of the uh, the deal with the speaker, but but holy cow! And it seems like they're getting distracted by this Bravo Sierra. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe there's good stuff on the Hunter Biden laptop, but if we get distracted with his tawdry activities, you know, his uh, drug-fueled, uh, lust-induced. In activities uh it'll be just like the the bimbo what was her name uh lewinsky monica lewinsky with with clinton will get distracted and the real things that are really bad will be pushed aside I, i'm just frustrated that that uh it seems to me like this is kind of shaken out like the ken star thing did and we need to have an impeachment it needs to be brought to the head and it needs to be closed i don't expect the senate will do the right thing but uh, people need to understand what's happening right now in America. And this idea of slow rolling this thing, I know they got to have time to put their program together. But I, I think with all the help they got, they should be able to do it pretty darn quick. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have Matt Staver of Liberty Council with us, lead attorney, been a friend for a long time, been on this broadcast over the years. He's super busy. He's only got a couple of minutes for us, but man, We've been attacked by the Southern Law, Southern Poverty Law Center relentlessly, and their attacks are broadening. Now they have literally 1,225 hate groups 
uh, supposedly, I believe it's classic projection. They're the haters, literally hating on everybody. Matt Staver has a lawsuit because their hate knows no bounds. Uh, welcome to the broadcast, Mr. Staver. Thank you. Good to be with you. Catch me up then on the lawsuit, and let's just talk about this for a second then. What's actually happening? Give people a little bit of the, the history on this. Well, of course, the SPLC has a long history of falsely identifying groups that it ideologically is opposed to as hate groups, classifying them right alongside of violent organizations like, say, for the um, you know, KKK, but groups such as BLM, those that are ideologically in line with them, that actually have engaged in violence or Antifa, they're never listed as a hate group. But groups that are pro-family, pro-life, uh, they believe in legal immigration, they put them on their so-called hate group list. And they're trying to use that hate group list and that hate map to paint a false picture of these different organizations and literally try to destroy them. And so it has significant consequences. Liberty Council right now is representing the, uh, an organization that is a conservative immigration group that believes in legal immigration, and it falsely placed them on its hate list, even though they've been uh, told by the organization that it's not a hate group. The D.A. King uh, founder and president of the Dustin Inman Society has responded saying that it's false. Uh, in fact, many of the people that are on the board of the Dustin Inman Society are immigrants themselves that have come from various places around the world but are legal immigrants. And so the issue that the DEA uh, King founder of the Dustin Inman Society wants to do with this organization is to speak about legal immigration. They are certainly supportive of legal immigration and want to curb and end illegal immigration illegal employment, and illegal administration and granting of public benefits and services through equal application of the laws. And so that's what their purpose is. And yet the SPLC published a report in 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22, and even 23, uh, listing them falsely as a hate group. The consequences are significant because we know, for example, Floyd Corkins, he targeted the Family Research Council in Washington, D.C., and he wanted to commit mass murder of the FRC employees. Why? Because FRC was falsely labeled on the SPLC's hate list and even the hate map. So he knew exactly where they were located and came to that organization. Fortunately, a security guard there at FRC stopped Floyd Corkins, and now Floyd Corkins is in prison for a number of years because of his attempted mass murder, all related to the SPLC's false and dangerous and, frankly, defamatory hate list. Now, here's what I don't understand. A lot of people have tried to sue the Southern Poverty Law Center and tried to stop them from adding us all to hate lists. You're on it. I'm on it. Everybody's on it. And all these things have failed. I know they have $730 million, according to their latest report. A lot of it's stored in, uh, we assume, uh, overseas bank accounts and all this kind of crazy stuff. And But it seems like they're tapped into the FBI and the Justice Department like nobody's business. And it seems like even though they've been roundly discredited, they still have mojo like you wouldn't believe. Uh, I don't know if they're backed by the ADL or exactly what's going on. Uh, can you speak to that for a second, uh, Mr. Staver, in terms of what is happening here? 
Yeah, this is definitely a discredited group uh, in so many ways. Uh, many of these um, organizations, they're not supposed to be on the hate list. They have been falsely put on there. There's consequences that have happened with regards to people taking action to try to commit murder, like James Hodgkinson. Uh, he tried to kill Republicans during an annual congressional baseball game in 2017, and he did that because some of the individuals, like Republican Steve Scalise, Republican from Louisiana, uh, he was uh, falsely accused by the SPLC of being a supremacist. And so he was one of the targets. They were targeting only Republicans, not Democrats. Yet they continue to go forward. And unfortunately, uh, this administration uh, opens the door for the SPLC to promote their hate. The reason why some of the other lawsuits have been dismissed is they have argued, the SPLC has argued in court, uh, that, oh, this is just their opinion. It's not a statement of fact. So it's not just a fact that they're getting wrong. It's just their personal opinion. But in this particular case, before we got on the case, this issue was litigated before a court in Alabama. And a federal judge in that case denied their request to dismiss the case and actually came back with a very good decision, saying it certainly doesn't look like an opinion. It looks like you have established this or stated it as though it's fact. And therefore, you're not going to get dismissed. So this is now the first case against the SPLC that has survived a motion to dismiss and will now go into the discovery phase. And we're neck deep right now in that discovery phase. We have sent a document requests to the SPLC to provide uh, lots of different documents regarding the basis of their list and some of their intercommunications regarding this issue. Uh, and we're waiting on getting some of that as we go forward. But this is the very first case, very significant precedent, that it's the very first case that is allowed to go forward and get into the weeds and actually get into the discovery against this SPLC. Our point for our client is to stop this false label. But the SPLC needs to stop it across the board because it's frankly defamatory and it's dangerous. Um, go ahead and skip the break, uh, Mr. Staver. So this discovery is critical because that's the, the spot where everybody else got stuck and where everything got dismissed along the way with all these other lawsuits. No one's really been able to deliver the pay dirt via discovery that we need to really connect the dots and prove our points, right? That's right. That's exactly right. They've all been filed. I think they all have legitimacy from what I have seen. Uh, but then the SPLC responds and said, oh, by the way, it's not, we're not stating that as a fact. It's just our personal opinion. It's our political opinion and political opinion. Yeah, we have a right that. to opinions, too, by the way. Right. Yeah, we have. a Yeah. But then when you put them down as fact and you put them as a hate group on the same list where you have an organization that actually engages in violence. You know, maybe KKK or some skinhead organization that actually has a history of violence. Yeah, because even uh, though most of us are hate groups, there are some that, that, that do and that are, right? They are some that are violent groups. Obviously, they have hate. But people on the other side, like Antifa and BLM, you know, they engage in violence too. Why aren't they on this list. Why? Well, because the SPLC doesn't put ideological friends on the list, only ideological adversaries on the list. And then 
it puts groups like the Family Research Council, like you, like um, Liberty Council, like American Family Association, Concerned Women for America, and others. They put them on the list. Why? Because they engage in violence? No. They condemn violence. Not a history, uh, not a shred of information that they would suggest that they promote violence to the very contrary to that. Well, and that's kind of where I say you can express opinion, but if you have zero evidence, in other words, they like to say in the news now right. without evidence. If you have zero evidence, though, and you express an opinion uh, and you're tied into the FBI and the Justice Department, uh, I think this judge in Alabama is really kind of making the case that it's not opinion when you're with the FBI, Justice Department, training law enforcement, educating the media, people are taking your um, you know, your press releases as playbook factual documents when they're not. You know, we've crossed the lines in several ways. This might be the quintessential case to change the game, huh? Yeah, that's what we're thinking. This could be the very quintessential case to change the game and stop this uh, false, defamatory, and dangerous hate group uh, classification that the SPLC has come up with. Uh, because it's not just that they disagree with you. There's consequences. We've already talked about physical consequences. Attempted murder in several cases that have been linked to the SPLC hate list. But in addition to that, there's also censorship, and there's also banking. Some organizations, the SPLC and others, have gone to these banks, and they've said, oh, they're on the SPLC hate list, so don't do any banking with them. So they shut their banking down for no other reason than they're on the SPLC hate list. So that is the consequences that happen when they do this false label. And they need to be held accountable. Uh, they need to feel the pain of financial damages for falsely labeling these organizations. One thing to disagree, we can have disagreements and be civil and be honest about our disagreements. But don't, in doing so, try to put another organization and their leaders in danger. And that's what, in fact, this hate group list does, and the SPLC clearly knows it. So they sent a letter to Congress about me two years ago. I didn't even know. And they said that I'm the nexus of anti-government and hate in America. They have zero evidence. I've been on the radio, as you know, Matt, for a long time, 25-plus years. I don't promote any violence or hate of any kind. But they sent this letter to Congress and said Sam Bushman is the nexus of anti-government and hate in America. And we want uh, this to be read into the congressional record. And we want, furthermore... Uh, we want Sam to be investigated and action taken against him. I didn't even know about it. I just discovered it a couple of months ago or about a month and a half ago now uh, that they did this. And now I uh, wrote a letter to my congressman and senator appealing, saying, can you help me discover, one, is this in the record? Two, is there an in, in investigation? And three, what can I do? I mean, if there really is an investigation, how come I haven't been notified? It tells me it's probably not uh, been taken seriously, thank heavens. But... Uh, my whole point is, what do guys like me do? I'm too small. I don't have any money. Yeah, well, that's why they need to be stopped. And, you know, this administration, unfortunately, is coddling up to them. We need an administration that did what the previous administration does and say, you know what, we're not going to listen to you uh, anymore. Not only are they false on here, not only do they wreak damage, but they come out and say why they're doing it. In 2007, uh, a guy by the name of Potok, he is Mark Potok, the former senior yeah, me and, me and Richard Mack forced Mark Potok to uh, literally, um, he wrote a, a false story about us. We forced him to retract it. It's in his, his uh, report now, uh, the report that they have out where they were forced to retract even for their lies. But go ahead. 
Well, he says here, he's, he's speaking to uh, the Michigan Alliance Against Hate Crimes Conference in 2007. He says, quote, let me say that our aim, and sometimes the press describes us as monitoring hate groups. So I want to say plainly that our aim in life is to destroy these groups, to completely destroy them, close quote. That's Mark Potok speaking on behalf of the SPLC. So and now, that shows the sexist and racist ideology, he's gone, right? He's gone, yeah, because, yeah, a good point. You know, here's the SPLC, and, and now they've, they've got their top leaders, including the founder. Uh, they all got pushed out because of sexism and racism. Uh, the SPLC's office in Alabama has been picketed by its own employees because of racism, systemic racism, not just something that just happened periodically, but systemic racism and sexism that has been part of the SPLC for decades. There you have it. The other interesting thing that I find is they have a secret page on their website, which has a bunch of definitions of all kinds of terms. And when you read their definitions, you understand how they back into using those words. They don't match legal definitions at all, though, either, Mr. Stater. No, they don't. No, they don't. That's why, you know, they, when they look at uh, hate group, well, how do you get on the hate group? Well, they, they, they define it so broadly uh, that it, it includes anybody who's an ideological opponent of the SPLC. But the common understanding of a hate group and the common understanding of why it stirs up people like Floyd Corkins and James Hodgkinson is that they're out to destroy you. They're violent organizations, and they make that connection by putting you right alongside the violent organizations. And when you ask them about, well, Remember Antifa uh, going through the towns and taking over the towns and BLM yeah, occupying to different parts? Point, right? Yeah. Uh, all of that. Why are they not on there? Because they're actually engaging in violence. They're actually encouraging violence. Why, uh, you know, is the, what, what, the Communist Party USA not on there when they advocate the violent overthrow of the United States of America and the renaming of our country? Why? Because they're ideological friends of the SPLC. So now, the southern part of the center has ties to uh, evil people that have been committed, that have committed terrorism, too, like Bill Ayers and some of those guys, right? Yeah, exactly. So... You know, they're, they're, they started off as an organization years and years ago, as you know, that got involved in civil rights uh, litigation. And that's, why I, that's how they got famous. And then they came up with this uh, group that were pretty much um, groups that were organized like the KKK or the skinhead organizations where they started listing them. And then they began to realize, you know what, that, that era that they made popular uh, and where they made their money, from the civil rights movement, that, that's, a, that's a different era now that they're living in. So they expanded out to the whole LGBTQ issue. And so if you believe in the sanctity of human life, if you're pro-life, Which we do. if you believe uh, that there are two sexes, male and female, God Which created male and female, if you believe marriage should be the union of a man and a woman, if you believe in legal immigration, that you believe in immigration, yeah, but it ought to be sure. legal, then you're going to be put uh, on that hate group list because you're part of the SPLC. You're part of the SPLC. In fact, to prove your point, target. the latest Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, now has just been relentlessly attacked by the SPLC for those very points you're making. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and remember um, Dr. Ben Carson early on in his campaign when he was running for president. 
uh, he was put on the SPLC hate list. There was this big pushback. This is one of the most renowned pediatric surgeons in the world. And because he believed in some of these core Judeo-Christian values, he was placed on the SPLC hate list. And uh, he got taken off because there was a big pushback. But that's the kind of thing that the SPLC does. They put good people, good organizations uh, that love God, love America, uh, that would never cause any uh, problem, that go through and work through the normal legal, uh, political, and judicial uh, processes that we have set up in America, and they put them uh, on this hate group list. They'll leave off real violent groups like Antifa and BLM and others because they're ideologically aligned with them. And then they stuck you right beside people who are hate groups. And they'll they even come out with a list sometimes, uh, and they'll publish it state by state and region by region. Look at the hate groups in your uh, location. And they'll have some of these crazy organizations, and then they'll list you. And people don't know any better. They see your organization, and they say, oh, my goodness, I didn't realize we had these hate groups right here in my uh, own central part of the part of the state. But All this right, case, can, go ahead. the good thing about this case, as you mentioned, is I think it has significant potential um, because they've been able to throw these darts, uh, shoot these weapons at people, and then hide behind the idea, oh, it's just our opinion. They know that it's causing harm. They know that people have taken it on themselves to commit mass murder because of their false labeling, and they've continued to do it, notwithstanding and they've not been held accountable. This case is designed to hold them accountable because they've come after the wrong organization, and they continue to do it. Now we have survived a motion to dismiss, so we're going to go right in and dig in to roll our sleeves up and go into discovery phase. That's going to take several months to go through the process and all the documents. All right, we want you to keep us up to date as it unfolds. Two questions. One, what can we do to best help you? Uh, and number two, what can guys like me do in the meantime? My family's literally in harm's way uh, because of these people, per the points you're making. These these guys have inspired literal murderers, and now I'm getting death threats because of this. Yes, I know, and the same for anybody who gets on that hate list. Uh, first of all, people can go to lc.org for more information. They can also support Liberty Council, lc.org. As it relates to you, I think the... You know, we've got a, a good Speaker of the House right now. I think now is the opportunity uh, for us to move forward to to do something in Congress, particularly in the House, but certainly in your case, to make sure that that is not in the congressional record. Uh, and if it is, um, the pro that that compounds. I would like to know about that because I will we let might you use know that in I've our case. My, I've got my House uh, of Representatives uh, member who's promised me they had me sign a, a privacy release. They're literally getting the information on that to me, and I'll share with you what I find. Yes, I look forward to seeing that because we might be able to use that in this case as to what the SPLC does and how it does it to try to ruin people and put people in harm's way. We'll do everything we can because it's absolute lies. I've, been, I've probably got more hours in the public eye in terms of on the radio than anybody alive right now. I mean, it's not a debate of who has more hours. I'm just telling you that, they, and you cannot find a hate-filled, violent statement from me of any kind or an anti-government statement, uh, Mr. Staver. Zero. Yeah, I, but they don't really care. You don't agree with them because, uh, you, you know, you're pro-life, pro-common uh, sense with regards to human sexuality. There are two sexes, male and female. And because of that, uh, you're a target. And anybody who speaks out, 
individually or as a group, you're going to be a target of the SPLC and subject to being placed on this hate group list. And the consequences of doing that are not only economic damages, but also put you in personal, physical harm's way. Amen, sir. Well, we're grateful for your work and your leadership on this. When you emailed me and told me about the lawsuit, I was excited because we have got to stop these people. And this may very well be the perfect, I don't want to say storm, but the perfect opportunity with Mike Johnson, now Speaker of the House, uh, with now this being um, not dismissed, but hey, going to discovery. This is our opportunity and it's time for us all to get involved in any way possible. LC.org. Thank you, Matt Staver. Thank you. Good to be with you. There he goes, Matthew Staver doing a phenomenal job as always. He's so busy, we don't have him on very often. But we've had him on over the years for literally about 25 years now. He just does such a tremendous job articulating who we are, what we stand for, our peaceful intent, our desire for liberty, uh, our desire to stand up for um, you know God's laws, science that backs those laws in terms of male and female, uh, traditional God-ordained marriage, family, the fundamental unit of society, fundamental unit of society i mean it goes on and on to the incredible work that they do they take on religious cases um to make sure that you know what uh you have a right to your religious beliefs and religious liberty needs to be protected because every other liberty is downstream from religious liberty is the facts folks uh and you know what opinion or not everybody can have their opinion but we can be decent uh, and we can have a disagreement but we can agree to disagree agreeably i may not agree with what you say but i agree that you have the right to say it what I don't agree is that you have the right to cross the line and agitate violence against whom you disagree or that you have the ability to financially penalize those who you disagree uh, in a way that, that jeopardizes their organizations or putting people in harm's way. Or, okay, when they cross those lines, they become the hate organization and they're using classic projection. It's not me, it's you mentality, suggesting we're all the haters when it's really them. We've got to stand up and stop it, and we've got to work together to do so. I'm doing everything that I can, and so is the great folks over at LibertyCouncilLC.org. Matt Staver, lead attorney over there, suing the SPLC right now, and they're further along than anybody else because they're moving into the discovery phase, and that ought to deliver pay dirt that can really connect some dots. Hey, it's beyond opinion now, folks. You've gone too far, and we're not going to take it anymore. We're going to peacefully use the rule of law for our avenue for solution and a redress of grievance. Thank you, Matt Staver, LC.org. I am Sam Bushman. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. The goal to promote God, family, and country and to protect life, liberty, and property. It is Veterans Day today. It is November the 10th in the year of our Lord, 2023. Veterans Day different from Memorial Day. They're similar but different, several months apart. We do want to thank those who serve in the military uh, and who have died and given their lives and suffered. At the same time, we stand for peace, not war. 
You're going to make that very clear, and it's very hard to separate. The second you say we're not for war, people are like, oh, man, are you jettisoning the veterans? And No, 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 we need to take care of them without a doubt. In fact, Dr. Bradley with me is a veteran. Dr. Scott Bradley, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Well, thank you. I, um, yeah, the Veterans Day is a mixed bag for me. I mean, uh, everybody's saying, say, thank you for your service, et cetera, et cetera. I'm no hero, and, uh, and that's, that's an absolute fact. But, uh, but we do have this military, mil- militaristic kind of cast and drumbeat that's going on in the country. And, uh, and uh, military in its right mode and everything like that is absolutely true blue, you know, patriot Americanism. And, and yet and still um, we, we, we just tend to, uh, you know, I, I always talk about Lindsey Graham and some of those of his ilk that can't wait to kill some Marines somewhere in the world. And, and I get so sick and tired of everybody beating that drum of going off to war. And, and while, I mean, we have driven our best and brightest, uh, most patriotic and bravest people out of the military with the bizarre idiocy that's currently going on with the um, messed up sexual status and the uh, uh, the uh, the girly thing. I heard yesterday a Marine Corps advertisement on the radio. I was driving. I normally don't listen to media, but but I was driving. I had the radio on, and, oh, there was this little girl about 17, 18 years old that uh, was so proud she had made it through boot camp, and uh, she looked at this uh, drill instructor that was in front of her that she respected so much, and he said, Good morning, Marine. And she said, I made it. No, this is this is a facade. It's a fake. I mean, who wants to send our little girls home in body bags? We don't want to send anybody home. Really, I don't. But the fact of the matter is, when, when we're dismembering our little girls, I mean, are we supposed to be proud about that? Come on. I mean, I'm, I'm maybe in a kind of a dire or, I don't know, distracted mode today, but it just... To me, we've got to recalibrate America and see that that isn't what we're about. We're not empire building. We're not supposed to be. We're not supposed to be the world's policeman. We're not supposed to be the tripwire that's out in every country out there from Montenegro to to Ukraine. I mean, I, I just am so sick and tired of it, and we're beating the drums in Congress right now. And, I mean, this, uh, we'll talk well, about you're right on every resolution. point, Dr. Bradley. I would just say this, though. You know, we have an obligation as patriots and as true believers in Christ to stand with Christ, to focus on um, the good news, which is, you know what? Christ lives. He was resurrected. And because of that, you know what? There is good in the world. And I know it doesn't feel like it a lot of the time, but it's something that we can really focus on and take note of and be aware of. And there are different people doing the best they can. I know it seems bleak. But there's been many times in the uh, in the Earth's history since Adam and Eve that the you know times have been bleak. But there's always the sunrise. There's always the hope, and there's always hope in Christ. And so I just want to put that in perspective a little bit because I believe that if we're not very careful, it's very easy to get too discouraged. Uh, and that's exactly what Satan wants is for us to end up being discouraged and feckless. Well, you know the, the Isaiah speaking messianically said, you know, about the Savior, wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This idea, the angelic annunciation that happened to the shepherds, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. 
That is what this is all about. But there are times, there are times, and the Founding Fathers understood that, when somebody had to stand in the gap. Somebody had to be there between our loved ones and what was going on and our peace and our freedom, the blessing of, of liberty and all that kind of stuff, proper government. There has to be that. And uh, there's no getting around it. And we must recognize that. But the military is not a social club. The military is not 911 for Israel or for Ukraine or for, like I said, Montenegro. They're in NATO for crying out loud because we're going to be their tripwire. If somebody attacks them, we're going to be in war. And and uh, NATO's moving stuff into the Baltic states. I mean, the Balkans. I mean, come on. I mean, the uh, we, we've moved all our ships. I mean, not all of them, but, but probably the largest military armada that the United States has ever floated in the Mediterranean is floating offshore right now or on the way to float there for Israel. And and it's just I mean the they're they're beating the drum of we gotta send money, we gotta send ammunition, we gotta send missiles, we gotta send Iron Dome components. I mean everything is a war footing. The military industrial complex and so, you know, Sam, I, this, this Veterans Day thing, and we do have people that have given so much and loved so much, but we're driving the best, the brightest, the bravest out of the military, which is, we got to have them there to stand in the gap if the time comes, but for crying out loud. I mean, this idea of, of oh, man, we got to have a draft. You know, back in March of 2020... This was three and a half years ago now. March of 2020, a congressional report was turned in recommending a universal draft, boys and girls, three different levels of service, and, and you would be shocked at who bought into this program. We're going to have the 13th Amendment set on ice so that people can be slaves to the government. But it would have been passed have to register but that's in the wings we're waiting for that and we are not supposed to be a military caste society these people are necessary they're needed and we love them and i served with people people died that i know and we just or i knew and and it's it's a big thing but we don't do it for the wrong reasons which is everything we're doing right now so you know i i guess i Maybe this day is a little bit of a, a kind of a prickly point to me right now, and maybe I'm just a little bit uh, torn because we do tend to, I mean, I don't know. We make it such a uh, an honor and everything. It is an honor, but it's a very, very heavily laden honor, and and we shouldn't enter into these things lightly. So... Anyway, I mean, we probably have talked about that more than you wanted to, but holy cow. Well, it is I, Veterans uh, Day, and it, it is. is a day to be grateful for those who have served their country. It's also a day, though, to acknowledge that, you know what, we don't want to celebrate warriors. We want to thank them for their service. We want to care for them uh, if they come home uh, and take care of their families. And, you know, th there's a balance here that I really think is worth highlighting on Veterans Day. We don't look for wars. We don't look for dragons to slay. We, don't, we go about this in a humble way. 
Yeah, we want to thank those who serve, but they're not rock stars. And in fact, many of them, you know, say, as you said earlier, Dr. Bradley, I'm no hero. Uh, many of them don't want credit. At the same time, we do want to appreciate them. And there's an appropriate balance that America has lost. Uh, if you either go too far one way or the other way. One, they're heroes. Um, two, we like Vietnam, we leave them hung out to dry. We need to do none of those things. We need to show appreciation and support for them in meaningful ways. We need to be grateful for their service, but at the same time, we don't need to glorify war. And we can do all those things if we're educated about it. And we can do all those things if we really go back to the founding father-esque agenda and focus. Uh, then I think that balance comes into focus as we follow the Prince of Peace and we advocate for peace. We must do what we must do. I get it. But we can still advocate for peace and a humble um, foreign policy uh, Foreign and domestic, uh, Dr. Bradley. And I think for Veterans Day, that's worth our focus. It, indeed it is. And I am just, again, everybody that, that really understands what's under the covers or behind the curtains or however you want to put this, um, this is a heavy burden. And we call upon people to do heavy things. And and I, I, I maybe told the story a little bit on, on your program, but... My the last member of our family that immigrated to the states was my grandmother who came through Ellis Island in in the 1890s, and uh, I always tried to get her to teach me Danish and and uh, she wouldn't. She says we're Americans. We speak American in our home, and so they were all in all Americans. And and she lost a son, her youngest son in World War II. I mean he didn't die in Europe, he died there. But he didn't know it until 1963. He was so broken and so completely devastated by everything. He carried the burdens of war the rest of his life. And and I used to, I mean, he was completely devastated. We call it PTSD today, but it wasn't really thought of that much in those days. But I used to sit out on the lawn chair with him and talk with him. And, well, I did mostly listening. I was, I, I talk way too much as it is, but... But the fact of the matter is I listened a lot, and I think, I believe firmly that he told me things he's never told anybody else. But he was so heavily burdened. He was oppressed. His life was crushed. Marriage, family, all that kind of stuff, and, and it just was devastated. And, and there are so many today. We have so many veterans that commit suicide every single day that shouldn't be happening. The PTSD, a lot. I think is is kind of cognitive dissonance, where maybe we go ahead talk and skip about the break. Anymore. Go ahead and skip uh, the break, I, Doctor. I, go ahead. Stuff happens. Stuff happens, and it doesn't make any sense. And there's no there's no justification. And in your heart of hearts, you know it's not good. Morality gets set aside. I mean, war is institutionalized, legalized mass murder. I, that's really what it is, and and uh, and uh, yes, it has to happen sometimes, to protect our loved ones, to protect our liberty and our proper government and everything God's given us, but but to this shock and awe stuff that goes on nowadays, it's mostly collateral damage, on innocence. I mean, I, I it's hard. I've I've tried really hard in my studies to f find out how many people died in Southeast Asia, for example. You can't. It's impossible. Absolutely impossible. It's hard even to come up with numbers for World War II, which we think we had better records on and everything. But but there were two to three million Vietnamese killed in Southeast Asia. We don't know how many. 
and and we don't this stuff about uh, casualties in in Saddam Hussein's uh, country our shock and awe uh, it took out sanitation and electricity and the most vulnerable of all died the littlest ones and the oldest ones because they got sick from everything and we probably had 750,000 that were killed there because not by shrapnel and you know high kinetic energy you know but but the 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 collateral damage that happens what's happening in in Gaza right now is is abominable it's criminal what happened on the 7th of October sure absolutely terrible but um, but this thing about us being a warmongering people, I think God weeps about how his children have... I mean, we're supposed to be his crowning creation, I think. <laughs> we're his children. And, you know, the animals go and live as they were commanded to do, and the planets are where they are because God set them in their orbit. And we rebel, we fight, we are, we are become wicked, and we, we... War is the most wicked of all things on the earth because all other things follow it. So anyway, maybe I'm just kind of in a bad mood today, but dang it, I I get so sick and tired of everybody kind of making this sound like it's a it's some kind of a a drumbeat of excitement on a parade. I I don't know if you saw the movie, Sam. It was Tolkien. It was about uh, J.R.R. Tolkien and uh, and or saw. Goodbye, Mr. Chips. That's another one people may have seen. But the young boys that were in school were, were celebrating. War's been declared. We're going to war. They're jumping up and down and hugging each other and everything like that. It's not a very long time when the, things really get real that, that people get really recognizing that that it's not everything it was cracked up to be. <laughs> so anyway, I I just think that we need to have a little bit of sanity, too, along with all of our um, you know, waving of the flag and everything like that. Um, there's a lot at stake. Indeed, we do. And, and we've got You're to right about do that, the right folks. Just to be really clear, what is Veterans Day? People may want to know. Is it a federal holiday? Yes, it is. Veterans Day is observed on November the 11th every year, regardless of what day it falls on in the week. So a lot of times you get the third Monday or the, the whatever. This is always on the 11th, no matter what day it falls on. Today, This year, it's on a Saturday. Um, so it's really tomorrow, right? But the reason I'm saying Happy Veterans Day today is because it's celebrated on Friday the day before. Now, a lot of people celebrate whatever holiday it is on the Monday after. So you're really getting kind of two celebrations, Friday in, and Monday. But it's those who serve in all U.S. wars past and present and to thank them for kind of their service is veterans day different from memorial day uh kind of they're similar but slightly different they're observed in two different months but they're also slightly different um the, the one memorial is meant days to serve those all war. those who gave their lives for their country right right those that died in war we've we've kind of forgotten that i mean um, here's how i look at it yeah we, we, what we've done in america is everybody goes and puts flowers on great grandpa's grave you know the you know, whatever he did years and years ago, not anything at all. And it's good to remember our, our heritage. But but the idea behind Memorial Day is for those that gave the last full measure, the war dead. But I expand it beyond that personally. And I try to remember the families. I It's so devastating on a mom that lost a son or a, a brother that lost, you know, or, you, you pick anybody that, that 
that paid that measure. The families have burdens also. And and I just I I think that we just don't count the cost sometimes. And the cost is high and the cost is willingly given if it's in the right thing. But for I think a lot of the PTSD stuff that's coming around now, people know. They came back from Afghanistan. What the heck? We left them tens of billions of dollars of hardware there. What did we do that was good? The Taliban's still there? I mean, you know, think about this. I mean, you think about uh, Saddam and his, his boys and the, what's there. I mean, are they much better off? We, did we have to kill off hundreds of thousands of people to get to that point? And what are we doing in Syria? I mean, the, all of these things need to be considered, and I don't think we are. I think that the Lindsey Grahams of the world are just in full sway here. And, and the desire to send billions and billions of dollars you know, high explosives <laughs> to all of these people that are just running pell-mell to destroy their fellow man. I, we need to rethink this. That's that's my perspective, and maybe I've said more than enough. <laughs> but I'm. it really is serious consideration. And so uh, we need to wise up a little bit, a, l a lot, I guess I should say. Um, well, we have our we work cut out for us. In terms of educating people, in terms of standing for that which is right, and and I'll be the first to tell you that I, I agree, it gets very, very uh, concerning, and it gets discouraging, and it gets overwhelming, and it gets so bad mood or not today, Dr. Bradley, for you, I, I'm just telling you that I get the frustration. I get that it feels like we're losing at every turn. I get it. I agree 100% that it absolutely feels that way. But there are some people pushing back. And they're pushing back in some pretty bold ways. And I really appreciate it. I used to be the only outspoken one. Now there's starting to be at least a few of us, thank heavens. Um, but, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy was on the debate stage. And really the debate, the third debate was a waste of time, absolute waste of time. And I uh, went through the debate and all I did was pulled out Vivek Ramaswamy's comments. Because you know what? There might be concern about his qualifications for president, and you can go over that again, uh, Dr. Bradley, so people can kind of just understand that. Do that really quick, though. Why might he not be eligible to be president? But let's talk about what he's saying, because what he's saying uh, really on the campaign stage, for the most part, is right on. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, speak it out, baby. He's not qualified constitutionally to be president based on the founding father's intentions. But uh, and he's not qualified to be vice president either. If he's looking for a slot behind uh, Trump, just help like, people understand that because he would say, "Well, wait a minute, I was born in America and I'm I'm a natural citizen, right?" No, uh, that. But that it all depends on how you define natural citizen, right? Well, the the, the natural citizen was defined in in the uh, a book that was put out just before America was founded. It, it's the Law of Nations by Vattel. He was a Swiss diplomat. Um, you know, a statesman, a, you know, a scholar, a writer. I mean, he, this guy had his stuff together. And uh, it got published, and uh, uh, it came to America early enough for us to use it as we put it together, and he called it the Law of Nations. And so natural-born citizen is defined in his book. And, and we did we talked a little bit about this the other day, but I happen to have a copy of, of his book. Sure, here. I just wanted to get out the summary, and then we'll break down a lot of what he had to say, because what he's saying is spot on. 
Well, basically, this in natural born citizen stuff is people are born in the country of parents who are citizens. Okay, now there's if if a person is born here, uh, but it's only the place of their birth, but not his country. That that was the original intent, and and uh, the founding fathers put in this natural born citizen stuff in the Constitution. I mean, look at Article Two. Okay. So uh, so that was the way it was. The 1790, the Founding Fathers created an immigration naturalization law. They did it again in 1795. And yes, it was tied to the parents and their citizenship. And uh, there was a, some other additions that have happened over the years. There was a naturalization law that went in in, in 1940 that brought the mom into the picture and all this. But, but um the idea that that if you get born in the country you're an automatic citizen is a fabrication that's tied to the 14th amendment in section 1 it says anybody born under the jurisdiction well the the people that are here illegally the people that are here as diplomats the people that are here as vacationers anything like that do not qualify and that was clearly understood um um Jacob Howard's uh, Senator Jacob Howard of, of Michigan, when this when he wrote, he helped write anyway, uh, that first part of the Fourteenth Amendment, uh, he he said no, this definitely he, he unequivocally on the floor of the Senate he says no, foreigners, uh, diplomats, uh, anybody, nobody except for those that are actually intended to be. And by the way, the Fourteenth Amendment was for the integration of the former slaves into citizenship, but. In spite of that, in 18, no, 1982, William Brennan, the Supreme Court Justice, as a footnote to a, in the uh, uh, Plyler v. Doe um, case, said, nope, anybody born here is a citizen. And so that's why they say he's a natural-born citizen, this Ramaswamy guy. His parents weren't citizens. His dad still isn't. And, uh, and they'd come here from India, but his, his dad never never became a citizen, which was integrated from the very beginning in this thing. Ted Cruz has got a similar problem. Uh, we could There's nuances to that. Uh, uh, Marco Rubio has a similar problem. Obviously, Kamala Harris has a problem, not qualified to be vice president by a lot of, you know, markers. And, and Barack Obama certainly wasn't. And... Uh, his photoshopped birth certificate is is just a travesty of people uh, to us today. Uh, I mean, we have become such a, a flagrant, ignorant people about what should be there. But anyway, Ramaswamy was born here of parents that were not citizens. His dad never became a citizen, but his mom did ultimately, but not b- before. Anyway, so I, I say the fa- founding fathers had a f- clear definition, and, and he doesn't qualify. But I'll tell you what, he's saying some good things. What he well, and, I, and I'll Republican... tell you, again, when we say it's constitutionally qualified, we're not saying Vivek doesn't have a loyalty to this country. He may. What we're saying, though, is the reason the Founding Fathers were so specific about this was to make sure that there are not dual and or false allegiance, if you will. Uh, and Vivek really promotes his Indian heritage, uh, etc., and, and and his views, and so... Uh, you know, it's a little bit of a concern where his allegiance lies. I believe he's true blue to America on a personal level, but that's what the founding fathers were so worried about, and that what that's why they set the bar so high. 
When we come back, we'll talk more about Vivek and his comments and what it all means for you and me in seconds with Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com on your radio. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Corey Myers. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says Israel is not looking to rule Gaza after the end of the current conflict between Israel and the Palestinian militant group Hamas. We don't seek to conquer Gaza. We don't seek to occupy Gaza. And we don't seek to govern Gaza. In a Fox News interview that aired yesterday, Netanyahu said that Israel is not looking to govern Gaza and will have to find a civilian government that will be there. Following the U.S. airstrike in Syria, American troops have faced four separate attacks. On Wednesday, F-15s targeted a weapons facility in Syria utilized by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and affiliated groups. The subsequent day, the Pentagon confirmed at least four fresh assaults by Iranian-backed groups on U.S. bases in the Middle East. President Biden paid a visit to some United Auto Workers in Illinois yesterday. President Biden is commending the reopening of a Stellantis plant as a crucial component of the fresh labor agreement between automakers and the United Auto Workers Union. Speaking with union workers in Belvedere, Illinois, Biden referred to it as a momentous achievement. You guys sacrificed to save the automobile industry. And now the auto companies were doing incredibly well. So auto workers should be doing incredibly well as well. The new deal encompasses substantial wage hikes and robust job safeguards. I'm John Schaefer. Israel has announced daily four-hour pauses in the conflict against Hamas in Gaza. That move aiming to enable citizens in northern Gaza to relocate to safer areas and receive humanitarian assistance. Additionally, further humanitarian aid is being facilitated through the Rafah crossing from Egypt. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the burger perfection flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. All right, it's Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman on your radio, freedomsrisingsun.com, to learn more about his collegiate series, To Preserve the Nation and More. His weekly webinars are available there, Q&As on the Constitution, which we'll get to uh, in a minute here, a couple of the Q&As that were, uh, you know, up there on video and stuff like that, a little kind of um, summary of that on the radio comes up uh, here soon. But uh, Vivek Ramaswamy said a lot of the right things, and I think the opening 
salvo that he gave really sets the stage for the discussion. Uh, here's Vivek. Uh, Mr. Ramaswamy, let me turn to you. Uh, please make your case. Why would you, uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We're a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there are cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Kristen, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you in the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Ross. Sorry. This is how we get our country back. We need accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with the Hunter Biden laptop story. Mr. Ramaswamy, and they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Let me turn That's to Governor, Governor Christie. All right, Dr. Bradley, what do you say? Fireball. I mean, lit him up, baby. I mean, you know, they were going through a yawner. I mean, the whole no thing question. is a is a yawner. I mean, they talk about, you know, uh, this idea of the Biden uh, uh, laptop and Israel, ho-hum, everybody and their dog knows whose drums are being beat for that. They talk about who can beat Trump. <clears throat> and, and you know what? It, it just was one of those things. I, I don't know what the numbers are on it, but I'll bet it was probably the least watched debate that's yeah, ever happened. Yeah, they say a little over 7 million. Okay, at the whole presidential level. But, but that was very much on point. I mean, the idea, when he said we got our butts kicked last night. I mean, that had to do with the election that happened. It wasn't a general election, but an election that happened all across the country. The Republicans, basically, they flopped on their belly again. It was another, you know, no red wave that had, didn't happen. Yeah, but they, don't, they don't have any plan, and this is what Vivek kind of highlighted, too. They don't have any plan. Look at Ohio. They literally codified murder up until the baby's born now as part of the Ohio Constitution. Uh, and what Vivek pointed out, and I think he's spot on, we didn't have a plan. We didn't have a proposal or an action item on the table. We just simply let them slaughter us and went home and went, oh, isn't that horrible? And now they're painting this narrative that nobody in America is pro-life. Polls show that's a lie. We just didn't have an answer or a plan. Now, when I say we, that's kind of convoluted because I'm not even a Republican. But I mean we, the pro-life folks, much less the Republicans, doctor. Well, that, that's the thing, is that the Republicans are trying to play around in the middle of the street. You know what happens? You get hit by traffic going both ways. You really do if you're out in the middle of the street. Take a position. Make sure it's a principles-based position based upon the original intent, the tradition of the Founding Fathers, that kind of stuff. Stick with it. Quit dinking around trying to... to you know, oh, yeah, we're going to go to every foreign war we can. Oh, yeah, we're going to try and... This is the right of a woman to kill her baby. No, it's not. 
there's another human being involved. And it's not just the father. Yes, the father should be, you know, the father is supposed to take responsibility for all this kind of stuff too. But the, but every time, every time there's an abortion, a human being dies. It's a little boy or it's a little girl. You say, oh, it's a women's issue. No, make your choice. Decide you're not going to be engaged in these things if you don't want to have the outcomes. But the fact of the matter is we've just lost sight of everything. And, and that's the whole thing. The Republicans today are part of the uniparty. And, and it's like they don't do their jobs. I mean, you, you think about, you know, the idea of uh, uh, trying to fund the country. No, they're more worried about funding Ukraine or Israel right now. By the way, that brings up another side trap. I'm, I'm not going to, I don't know. I don't know if I want to leave the Republican debate yet. But but this idea, we're, we're running up 17th of November. It's a, it's a week away, folks. Uh, the week away, we are going to have another looming shutdown. Are we going to do another continuing resolution? Yes, but maybe a variation, a laddered resolution. We did it back in 1991 where they split up different bills and they have different expiration things and they extend them at different times and different ways. It obfuscates everything. I think it makes it easier for them to put in emergency military funding for Ukraine and Israel. Well, so when they talked about zero budgeting, and what he said was, instead of starting out with last year's numbers as your baseline, let's start with zero. This is something that Ron Paul and Rand Paul and I and many others have spoke out about, Dr. Bradley, and I'm sure you'd agree. Why don't we just start out with zero and say there is no funding for the government. We're the House, and we control the purse strings. Do you understand that? The number is zero. Now, we're going to put up single item bills or single issue bills one at a time we're going to vote on them and we're only going to put forward things that are clearly documented as constitutional funding of the proper role of government we're going to fund those things first then we're going to say okay what um, may not be constitutional but we need to fund so that we don't crash the plane then you've got to put a bill together that decides to fund it for a sunset period or for some kind of extraction uh, agenda or focus or plan that could, um, you know, bridge the gap and not crash the plane, but yet, you know, get us out of those things. And then we're not going to fund anything else, period, end of paragraph. It's not up for discussion. You guys can argue with us, but we hold the majority in the House and we hold the purse strings and we don't care what you say or do. We're going to give you constitutional things. We're going to pass them. If you don't, you're shutting down the government, not us. And we're not going to fund anything else. It's that simple. And if there's a bridge that needs to be had because we don't want to break promises to people, et cetera, et cetera, fine. An extraction plan or a sunset plan will be built into the next funding piece if we must do it. What if we start there? You make a really good argument. This idea of zero-based budgeting is a justification that has to be gone through every single time. Now, there's, we've gotten so big in all the little dinky things that we're messing around with that uh, they're going to say it's all too complicated. No, really. May, strip it right down to go read your Constitution. What do you have it, uh, the responsibility to do? And if, if it's not there, that's not there. But here's the deal. What usually happens is a use it or lose it kind of attitude, where if you got a $10 billion budget last year and and uh, and, and you got to spend it all, by golly, or they'll think we don't need it, and so it goes for all sorts of garbage that just frivolously spends things off, and then they say, oh, we need a six per uh, a $6 billion increase this coming year for this department that had a $10 billion last year. And and so everybody wrangles about it, and it ends up being a $13 billion budget uh, that was last year, $10 billion. And they say, oh, man, we cut $3 billion. 
good on us. No, you just increased it $3 billion. And, and that's how and, they And then you lied about it on top of that, doctor. Yeah. You lied. You because you know it isn't that, a decrease at all. It's kind of like if but, someone but says, was, Sam, I got a $200,000 car for you. I'm going to have you buy it for fifty grand. Man, Sam, you just saved one hundred and fifty grand. No, I didn't. I just spent fifty grand. do not lie to me now. Right. Okay. That's the truth, right? That, that's how these that's how the the phony baloney financial world lives uh, on out there on the potomac you get potomac fever but but that's that's the whole problem is we have lost our bearings completely and um and it's just astonishing to me how much we've come off base i mean our i'm going by memory but it's something over 800 billion dollars is our military thing if you combine Social Security and, and uh, Medicare and all the other unconstitutional things, they're probably two and a half, maybe just two dot four billion dollars. Okay, well, which which one of those things is in the Constitution? Well, I mean, and that is the quintessential f- point that I'm making about zero-based budgeting, and you've got to basically justify every expenditure. You know, in an audit, every expenditure has to have a backing up of, you know what, where do you get this expenditure, what makes up this or that. You've got to document everything until the cows come home. I think we need to force them to do single-issue bills, document the constitutional justification for every one of them, or if there's no constitutional justification, then if we're going to fund it so we don't crash the plane or break promises, we, we can have an extraction or a sunset plan. That's what we need to do now. Vivek was on fire. He was the only one that had comments, I believe, that had any value, literally at all. Uh, and I don't want this to be the Vivek show. We already played all of his sound bites yesterday on the radio. But I do want to play one more sound bite, though, and get your take, Doctor. Here's what he had to say. We've talked a lot about foreign wars tonight, but we're in the middle of a war right here at home. It's a war not between black and white or Democrat and Republican. It's between those of us who believe in our founding ideals and love this country and a fringe minority who hates the United States of America. And I think it's going to take a commander-in-chief to lead us to victory in that war, who first of all knows that we're in a war, second of all can't be captured by the special interests along the way, but third is from the next generation, somebody with fresh legs to lead us to victory. I'll shut down the deep state, I'll declare economic independence from China, I'll keep us out of World War III, and then revive national pride in this country. I also want to close with one message to the Democrat Party. End this farce that Joe Biden is going to be your nominee. We know he's not even the president of the United States. He's a puppet for the managerial class. So have the guts to step up and be honest about who you're actually going to put up so we can have an honest debate. Biden should step aside, end his candidacy now, so we can see whether it's Newsom or Michelle Obama or whoever else. Just tell us the truth so we can have an honest debate. Doctor, what do you say to that final salvo from him? Well spoken. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you think about this not. I do take a little issue with something that he said, and I, and I can't let this opportunity pass. This next generation Bravo Sierra is absolutely Bravo Sierra. Most of the generation that he's in doesn't know which side of the, the bread the toast is buttered on. And, and the, the fact of the matter is that this is an encouragement that the wisdom of ages is set aside you know, very often, uh, knowing where the skeletons are is important. Knowing what uh, landmines have been stepped on and where and why. All of those kind of things are are happening. And, and this idea sometimes, you know, I got a grandson. I love him uh, so much and everything. He's so wonderful. He's only 18 years old. But I think he really, truly believes we haven't actually had this exact conversation. 
but I think he believes that everybody over 60 ought to be dead. I mean, it's like, what are, what are they good for? I mean, they're just, you know, uh, useless eaters or whatever. The, the Native Americans had a, a good program for their aged people. They always had value. And, and there was, if nothing else, it was the storytelling. It was the keeping their heritage, their traditions alive. We have lost the tradition of the it American founding It was also the words of wisdom that they brought to the table when it was decision time. Maybe they didn't make the final decision, but they certainly were able to draw on that experience and put words of wisdom into the mix uh, to be considered and, and, and talked about and thought about. And, and Okay, so there's a value. We need the next generation. They're the future. We also need the not jettison the current generation. we got to have a blend, and they used to do that. Many cultures still do that. America could take a page out of that playbook for sure. There's no question about that. And in fact, the American founding fathers of a lifetime of study, well more than 50 years of review, they spoke often and eloquently about their posterity. What they did, they did largely for their posterity. Even the, even the preamble to the Constitution talks about themselves and their posterity. That was on their mind. Thomas Jefferson said, never, never, never. If you have to go into debt, it's never longer than 20 years. You've got an amortization schedule that pays it off in 20 years because that is a political lifetime. Your gener next generation should not be tasked with the stupidity of a previous generation's debt. All of those kind of things were on the founder's mind. That was wisdom that we currently don't have. So nobody's thinking about the future generation. And so the older people are useless eaters. They're, you know, you're paying your social security money that's going directly into their check and you hate that, you're mad about it and all that kind of stuff. As a younger generation, the older generation says, wait a minute, I, I paid into this all my life. I mean, you can see the arguments that happen. Socialist, communist perspective. Yeah, they're both Fragment. being lied to. They're both lied to and betrayed and swindled, but other than that, hey, it causes contention. It causes fractures. It will destroy society. And, and I, I felt really kind of bad when Ramaswamy said that because to me, it's, it's, a, it's well, an arrogance. Sadly, you're right about that 100%. Sadly, though, when you see guys like Mike Pence on the stage, like Nikki Haley, these older people that are just absolutely hawkish and crazy and defending of the deep state and denying what changes need to be made in America to the point where, I mean, he's firing back against that. Your point's well taken, but I get, I get why he's firing back about that, though. So I guess what I'm saying, there's a blend of realities here. I think we need to respect and appreciate the wisdom of the older generation. Absolutely God-ordained value for everyone at all ages of their lives. There's a purpose for them to be here and a value they bring to the table. There's no uh, question. But I, but I get his frustration and why he's kind of firing back um, that way. But anyway, the bottom line is the Republicans got spanked big time. 2024 ain't looking good. The pro-life agenda is not looking too good because they've manipulated uh, with the media lies about pro-life. More Americans are pro-life than you think. But when given no other choices and given the wrong choice and the wrong messages, they tend to pick uh, deceptive wrong choices. It's sad but true. Um, what do you think the future holds for us in terms of, of the elections? I don't think it's going to get any better. I don't think that a guy named Mike uh, Johnson or anybody can turn this around. That the deep state is just too aggressive, too abusive, too hostile. The answers don't lie in Washington, Doctor. They do not, and our only Savior is the Savior Jesus Christ. But but we have what we have right now, and we've got to step up and start defending the baseline principles of this nation. I mean, you know, you mentioned Mike Johnson. I mean, uh, 
yeah, he's a Christian, they say, and everything, and all this kind of stuff. And he's 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 got some good rhetoric that he speaks about. And But he's given his bona fides. He said, we're going to do the NATO thing. He's defended NATO before. He said, we're going to fund Israel. And they, they put together a plan to do that. And And it's like, no, no, no. The foreign policy is where you walk in big landmines. There are big problems. You're right. I, I, I don't think that, that he's going to pull it off. I think that there's a charade going on right now. Um, but, but America needs to wake up to the fundamental return path. And we've got to start making popular again that which is sounded good and unpopular, that which is unsound. And so... Yeah, Ramaswamy said some really great. The fact it was the best part of the whole debate, actually. It was, for sure. And believe it or not, <laughs> but, there is some changing based on what he said. Believe it or not, the RNC now say they're ditching the establishment media for their, quote, fourth primary debate. Um, they say now, here's where I kind of think they're wrong. They're kind of going to the alt mainstream media, not really to the new media taking center stage, as I would call it. They're going to have Megan Kelly, News Nations, Elizabeth uh, Vargas and the Washington Free Beacons, Alana Johnson, and they say that they're going to have uh, this event uh, as Rumble will be the exclusive um, live stream provider for this. So they made some changes, but they're not going near far enough. But you know what? I I doubt that would have been announced on the heels of Vivek's point. There's something to this, at least, and it's not perfect, but it's a start. You know, people used to listen to Rush Limbaugh. Then they graduated to Glenn Beck, and then they listened to Sam Bushman. Kind of an idea. That's what started to happen, Doctor, to some degree. Well, you know, he recommended, uh, you know, like Joe Rogan and, and Elon yeah, sure. Musk. And, I mean, and, and, and Tucker Carlson. I mean, it, it would be a bare I wouldn't knuckles. go for any uh, of the six, the ones they're going no, with but, or the ones he recommended. Right, but I'm here to tell you that, that this – blase, bland, uh, underhanded, left-handed compliment kind of thing where they where they vet and they, and they clean everything up so that it can be spun in the way they want to ultimately. NBC, are you kidding me? The the Republican National Committee did NBC. I mean, well, look and, at the And nobody even backed Vivek's point. Others on the stage should have said, hey, Vivek's a little, Vivek's a little bold on this, but you know what? He's got a valid point here. What are we doing? Nobody even had the guts to back up Vivek on this point, and they should have, especially Ron DeSantis should have, doctor. Well, they absolutely should, but but the, everybody's so tucked in and playing it by the, the – I mean, it's like, oh, I got too much to lose. You know what? Do you remember in, in Braveheart when Braveheart had the discussion with Robert the Bruce? And, and Robert the Bruce says uh, – you know, Braveheart says, look, it's your right to lead. You lead, I'll follow you. I, we will do this. We will gain our liberty from, from England, blah, blah, blah. You remember the story. Go back and look at it. It's, it's pretty epic in the movie. Anyway, and, and Braveheart – I mean, uh, Robert the Bruce says, these are noblemen. They have lands and titles and much to lose. And, and Braveheart says, and the man that bleeds on the field, he takes it right back to the essence of this. This is the guy that's dying for what we have to stand for. And the, the noblemen are worried about their lands and titles. You know what? We get people to bleed on the field every single day. We've had strikes against um, our, our people in Syria. They shouldn't be there, people. Amen. We shouldn't they be shouldn't taking be in shrapnel. In the first place. That's right. But the fact of the matter is they're bleeding on the field 
And those that are tucked in in the three-piece suits, I don't know if they wear three-piece suits, but at least they wear ties, all of these people are, are out there playing a card game when there's really high stakes, and it's just not on the battlefield. It's on our posterity's future for proper government. And what in blazes are we doing when we're nibbling around the edges, we're saluting the flag and saying platitudes about it, when we have forgotten the baseline principles? I mean, the people we're electing really, really have got it down to a political speak. Change you can believe in. What You're the right heck about is that. that hey, quickly, before the end of the hour, what have you been talking about on the webinar recently? Maybe there's a quick point we made, and then we can point people to the webinars weekly for Q&As on the Constitution and more at freedomsrisingsun.com, doctor. Oh, man. I mean, we, you know we had 1,500 videos taken down. We try and do a Q&A every Thursday night. And, and the people's, the questions come up that the people are interested in. And, and the, uh, the question is, it's what's on people's minds. And the, you know, this Vivek thing and the Republican national thing and the elections and all that kind of stuff um, are, are there. But, but the fact of the matter is people are worried about how our country is being invaded. Uh, people are, are really sick about where we're going to war and, and why and all that kind of stuff. I mean, people have this on their mind. And people are just, I mean, they're looking at Hunter Biden's pornography on his, on his uh, uh, laptop. I mean, again, we're, I think, being sold out on this uh, dragging their feet kind of thing to get us into, uh, into a, an impeachment thing where we've got huge issues. Uh, the invasion, why aren't we focusing on that? I mean, uh, the idea of the impeachment, that's on people's minds. I mean, where the heck is this going? I mean, it went silent for three weeks, you know, because of the uh, mess with the uh, Speaker of the House. But um, I, we, we just, we're just off on a tangent, I think, right now, just sadly, just absolutely sadly. And, and the, uh, the Republican thing last night, I mean, no, Wednesday night was was a good thing, but uh, but there was far too little uh, spent on uh, on the things that were really important. I just give you some other of the issues. Uh, let's see if I can uh, pull up a couple of the questions. I don't know if I've got them handy right now, but uh, uh, some of the other questions last night that that were up is oh for crying out loud the the Hamas-Israeli conflict. What's going on in terms of the invasion of Gaza? We heard Netanyahu on the news break talk about, no, we're not going to rule Gaza. We're going to pick somebody else to rule. Oh, so you can have a puppet, surrogate kind of thing. One of the things that I talked about last night, by the way, was the Ben-Gurion Canal plans. You know, the offshore resources that currently have been discovered off of Gaza. Now, could, the, could Israel be interested in that? Could there be something about this uh, Ben-Gurion canal plans? It's a, it's a competing canal to the Suez Canal that they want to put in. It currently is planned. It goes towards Gaza. It veers around it. But if they had Gaza in their, in their uh, you know, bailiwick, they could go right through Gaza and do it less expensively and uh, actually get it done quicker. I mean, those kind of things. Hezbollah in Syria and Iran. Well, 
who's there in in Syria under the invitation of of I mean Syria is inv invited I mean Assad invited Iran to be there we're not invited to be there we're an occupying territory we're an occupying force in Syria and we get attacked by Iran who's there at the request look what was happening we were in Vietnam right South Vietnam at the behest and the request of South Vietnam and these other guys kept attacking us wow I mean holy cow I mean how stupid is our how we're doing things uh, let's see we talked about uh, some of the oh this thing I maybe we ought to talk for a minute about the uh, um, what do they call it continuing resolution because they're probably going to have to do that and, and people are not really happy with how we're being fed a line just all sorts of things that the people want to talk about that I don't think really got aired on the uh, in the debates or any of the discussions that are happening in the house right now you know so anyway people people have things on their mind they want to, oh one of the things they wanted to know about why do we have so many Israeli dual citizens in our house and Senate this divided divided loyalty thing why do we have that I mean, people are paying attention, at least in some circles. That's because anyway. we're so compromised as a nation. The deep state's taken over, and the American people really haven't done their due diligence to understand and demand. Understand what's at stake, understand the proper role of the founding fathers and the proper role of limited constitutional government, and then demand, demand accountability for it. That's the quintessential problem. The only way to solve it is for us to become a moral and a religious people once again. We follow the Prince of Peace that are. That is where the solutions are found. God, family, and country. Thank you, Dr. Bradley. FreedomsRisingSun.com, LovingLiberty.net. God save the Republic of the United States of America.